secure financial advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Hey, it's a little bit after the hour. Good morning, everyone. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson here, certified financial planner. Um, I'm with Big Al Clopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in over the next couple of hours. Um, well, it's summer's over. Happy fall. Football's in full effect. It is in full effect, and it's fun time of year, isn't it? I know you enjoy football, so do I. I do. I like the fall. Yeah. I like the fall in Southern California. Right. Not so much in Minnesota, where you're from? No. Not really. It's cold. It gets cold quickly. It does, doesn't it? I like, yeah. You know, maybe until October fifteenth. Right. Yeah. But then after that, forget about it. Got it. Um, what do you got today, buddy? Do you got a lot of really fun facts that we can share our listening audience with? Well, I, I sure do, Joe. I got. Uh, I believe it or not, I got eight must-do financial tasks before the end of the year. And I've got. Um, and I guarantee you, there's only probably one of those that you must good. do. <laughs> we'll have to find out. Yeah. Right? I'm really just disappointed. You are with the media in these. <laughs> yeah, because every week we kind of scour the best of the best, and it's, and it's like they're always awful. Yeah, it's like man, really. And so now, it's like okay, well here let me because it's they get you with the clicks, you know, with right. these titles. Anyway, eight must do financial tasks. Must must. Do. It's like all right. Well, and this... you, want, you don't know what the eighth one is? What? Watch the timing of five twenty nine plan distributions. <laughs> <laughs> that applies to lots of people, right? That's a must. I must do that. I don't have any kids, and I got no college fund, but I must do that. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, we'll get into some of these articles, and I, I like to actually. Take the opposite view because, you know, people read this stuff and it's like, sure. okay, well, here, I must do this. And, and nine times out of ten, you must not do this. <laughs> or it's so painfully obvious. Right. Right? It's like, oh, my gosh. Well, maybe it's obvious to us, but not everyone else. Okay. Let's get into one of these. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's this. Five ways to test your retirement readiness. All right. Okay. Good. I've not even looked. This is right. Our crack research team pulls this stuff up, and so yeah. we'll see um, if these five ways are okay. going to is any rocket science. <laughs> okay. I I already know all five. Do you, uh, do you have the article, Big Al? No, but I have the summary. Uh, oh, you do have the summary. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Take your retirement budget for a test drive. Right. Well, that's valid. Okay, well, yeah, sure, it's valid, but I mean, someone's listening to the show, they're like, wow, I haven't thought of that before. That's so revolutionary. Before you stop working, you should determine the income you can live on. Really? <laughs> well, where, where there's where there's some value, Joe, is is everyone thinks that, you know, I'm making 100000 a year, and when I retire, I can, I, and I'm spending 100000 a year, I can, I can get by in 70000 well, well, if you think that's what you can do, why not take a test drive? Why not try it now before you retire? That's the revolutionary thought. Oh, but here's the advice. Yeah. Okay, so let's say um, if you're a little bit behind, right, if you can't live on your planned income, uh, there's, there's two things that they're advising us to do. Okay. Okay? 
Um, take a guess on maybe what I can't afford uh, what I'm living off of now, and I'm going to test drive or I'm going to take my budget on a test drive. Well, let's see. They go, and that test drive is not going very well. Yeah, so they want you to cut the budget. Of course. Lower your retirement standard of living. Now that's revolution. <laughs> and then plan on getting a part-time job. Yeah, make more income. <laughs> Thank you. Make more income and cut Spe- your expenses. Spend less. Spend less. And get it. Don't retire. Okay. Well, that was was that worth airtime? That was number one. Folks, you tell us. Was that worth? No, that? it's not. That's why it's garbage. <laughs> Adjust your spending plan. All right. Well, okay. Well, if I don't have the assets, if I don't have the income, I got to adjust over time. Yeah. Here's one. Check your emergency fund. Okay. I one of the it. most critical elements is checking your emergency fund. What if you don't have one? <laughs> check. Just, just check. check. Don't have one. Next. Right. I'm good. All right. Um, and then make sure your spouse is on board. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's common sense, but <laughs> there's a lot of people that they don't necessarily communicate with their well, spouses. Well, that, so, that's one of them that uh, it is common sense, but we find in a lot of cases the spouse is, is not on board or they have different ideas about retirement and they haven't really communicated what that means. True. So have a little conversation. Yeah. But it's tough to discuss money and yeah, spending. It, sure. It causes ruckus. It can. And sometimes... Particularly if one spouse spends more than the other. And sometimes, you know, marriage is a little bit better with things left unsaid. <laughs> I, I'm not married. Is so that, that, is, is that that's your advice? That's my advice. I'm a counselor. It. I'm a marriage counselor. <laughs> you know, I mean, could you get marriage counseling advice from someone that's not married? You could, but it would be like theory instead of reality. Right. Would, I mean, would, would you gain any value there? Probably not. Could, all right. Let's say, could you hire a personal trainer that was obese? <laughs> that would be tough. You're right. Yeah. But I, yeah. So they probably have the knowledge, but then they don't practice it. Right. So case in point. Okay. I went to, I like to do a spin class. Sure. Right. So I do an hour spin class. Um, four times, four or five times a week okay. right, in the morning, just to get the blood going, a little sweat, get there at six o'clock in the morning, you know, just to start the day. All right. All right. And on Friday, there was a substitute spin teacher. Okay. And the substitute was under tall. <laughs> okay. Male or female? Female. Okay. Under right. tall. Under tall. And, um, and it, 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 she never got on the bike. Never? Right? Well, no, no. I mean, she was, I don't know if, how long she would last on the bike. I mean, but, that's, that's why she didn't get on. Exactly. She but, just told you guys what to do. And it's like, well, you know, you need to do this to get the maximum. Uh, you know. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> why don't you practice what you preach? It's, I, don't I don't think I've ever seen a spin teacher that wasn't on the bike. Right, yeah. Walking around, drinking coffee, yelling at people. <laughs> <laughs> you just made me angry. It didn't relax me. Well, when she I didn't said, find my zen. So, of course, yeah. Friday morning, I'm all fired up. You're, 6.30 in the morning, I'm like, I, this is ridiculous. You're in a bad mood already. <laughs> so, yeah. So so maybe when she told you you should be doing this, you should have said, well, you, honey, hey, should be doing hey, this. Let's do it. Let's do it together. <laughs> let's do it together. Yeah. Um, all right. Here's another good tip for you. Yeah. Be sure you'll enjoy retirement. Really? That let is me, number five. Let me write that down. Be sure you will enjoy retirement. I wasn't retirement. clear whether I want to enjoy it or not enjoy it. So, I don't know many. Um, I don't know many retired people who just sit inside all day and watch television. Um, instead, they're traveling, volunteering, pursuing hobbies, and even working part time. The problem for retirees isn't finding something to do. Rather, the problem is that retirees often overcommit themselves. Okay. All right. Well, be sure you'll enjoy it. I mean, I don't know. Well, yeah, I think that's the whole point of saving money. 
so that we can transition into not working. Okay, so to summarize, take your retirement budget for a test drive. Yeah, test drive that budget. Adjust your spending plan because the test drive didn't work out too well. Return the car. Check. (laughs) It's too expensive. Yeah, right. Check your emergency fund. Yep, to help check it. And medical coverage. Yep. Make sure your spouse is on board. Yep. Okay. And the most important one, be sure you enjoy your retirement. Be sure you enjoy it. So, yeah, I... Common sense, right? Right. Was there anything there that, that was new and different? Was new? No, no. But and I, like, I got ten more articles but, just like it. But I like the title. I mean, it, it gets you right. Five ways to test your retirement readiness. So anyway, what I want to do, I want to focus on things that are really important. Uh, we get a lot of questions from you, and a lot of these questions uh, that uh, applies to other individuals. And Elle and I kind of take these questions and we go off in different tangents because there's a lot of different things of subtitles, if you will to help you understand the landscape of personal finance to make sure that you make the right decisions with the only money that you have. Uh, so if you're looking at retiring or retiring soon or just starting out, doesn't necessarily matter. As long as you understand how the system works, I think more people would be more successful. But this stuff could get dry and it's boring and everything else. And a lot of times the procrastination kind of plays a key role in people's um, failure, if you will, or the unsuccessfulness of uh, retirement. So I got a ton, Al. I'm going to quiz you like oh, mad today. I can't wait, Joe. Um, and then we can, then you know, there's, I guess, a couple new tidbits that we could kind of share uh, with individuals. Like the 60-day the rollover rule. You know, there's now 11 ex- exceptions. Yes. Um, because those um, private letter rulings, let's say if you screw up, right, and all of a sudden you have to pay tax. Right. Or if... And, and it's a, a, a valid reason why it should go back into the IRA. I mean, what, what is it? it's like 10000 bucks just to get a private letter ruling yeah. from the IRS. It's at least five, probably more than 5000 now nowadays. And so it's 10, it's 10 for that, for 60-day rollover rules. Is it? Well, that's so that's why they came up with the 11 exceptions. Right. So then you don't have to pay the ten grand to get your private letter yeah, ruling. Yeah, just when it's an obvious thing, like you got lost in the mail or something Some, like yeah, that. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Uh, we could talk about family limited partnerships. Yes, we could. I just wrote an article on that. Yeah, we could. We could talk about the discounting of yes. FLPs. Yes. Uh, most people are like, oh, God, we're going to turn the station. This is going to be awful. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if, it, if we talk about it, it'll be quick. Yes. Um, all right. If you want more information about Big Al, myself, you can always go to our website at purefinancial.com. We're a fee only registered investment advisor uh, here in Southern California, purefinancial.com. You got to take a break. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Now back to your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. Uh, my name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Big Al Clopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Uh, appreciate you hanging out with us each Saturday. And a lot of you now are um, listening to us um, anytime uh, through our podcast. And you can get our podcast through um, iTunes and um, Snapchat or Fizzer. <laughs> I'm just making these things up. Fizzer? <laughs> that sounds that, like that, something. That the new Twitter? <laughs> that could be. That's my version. Fizzer. Um, now, uh, there, there's different devices where you can get our podcast, Alan. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I use my Fizzer a lot. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. You fizz it up? Yeah. <laughs> I can put it in my pocket. I yes. pull out that Fizzer anytime I need it. Ugh. So, But if you have an iPhone, I right. don't know what you do with an Android. Same. 
Well, it's. I think you can. You can still do iTunes on Android. I think. Uh, well, yeah, I'm pretty know. sure. Yeah. Well, the, the, <laughs> I, I don't have one. That's I, our that's our tech department. Right I guess there, I'm not 100 percent sure, but they they certainly uh, Android any kind of device has. There's podcast apps, whether it's iTunes or not. You can listen to us on a podcast app. Yeah. Yeah, or you go to our website too. Sure, but then, you know, I don't know. The apps are easier, especially if you're in your car and your 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 phone's connected with Bluetooth. Remember we talked about that a while ago. Yeah, I just found out you, that I had Bluetooth. It's just all of a sudden music started <laughs> music playing. Just started it's like period. what happened? Oh my god, revelation! <laughs> and like, I have a newer car too. It's not. I'm not driving like an '84 <laughs> Accord like I was. <laughs> I was like, man, I wish I had Bluetooth. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of a newer car. It, it must have, have it. Must right? have it. So I was listening to headphones. I would put my headphones in to listen to my podcast. Yeah. Instead of just right. going blue, blue, yeah. Bluetooth. And you took you, you took your headphones out for some reason. Yeah, I took my and headphones out. And then I was playing over the speakers. And then I was like, hey, look at this. What, what happened? <laughs> what happened here? It's a miracle. <laughs> Oh, that I am a good step. just not very technical. Um, not your thing, huh? Not really. I'm getting better, though. You are getting better. I am getting better. Yeah. Yeah, with the whole, like, direct TV. I don't have that DVR, all that you, stuff. You still don't have that. No. But you, you do have an iPhone. I do have an yeah, iPhone. Yeah, that's pretty. I, I remember you you had one of those flip phones for a long time. Yeah. Because you did And then you got an iPhone, and about three years later, you, you said, Al, what's an app? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never really liked to text. Yeah. Because it was, you know, I thought it was, oh, you're going out of your way not to talk to me. <laughs> right? And now you do it all the time. Well, yeah, now I, I guess I don't like to talk to people. I try to I it's... try to go out and have a beer with you. I look over and you're texting. It's like, geez, it's like being with a teenage girl, <laughs> Joe Anderson. I am, <laughs> whatever. Wow, that hurt. That just cut me deep, Clopine. Okay, buddy. All right, well, we got to... Uh, some time to fill here, so I want to flip the show to our listeners. Oh, and this is actually good. Uh, good. for Investopedia. Okay, sure. And um, you know what I found out? What? Just last week, um, a client of ours, and um, I was having a meeting, and he's a podcast listener. Okay. And um, he's like, yeah, well, I, I went to Investopedia. I said, all right, sounds good. And then I guess you could look me up on Investopedia. I had no idea. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And oh, then he said, I'll, all right, well, track. here, I'm going to follow you. So he hit follow. Is that your first? And he goes, <laughs> he goes yeah, I'm the only one. <laughs> I was like, you're a trendsetter. Let's do this. I'll follow you. Yeah. All right. So I got a follower. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is great. I wonder if I'm on there. I'll have to check. No, I don't know. I learn something new every day. You, well, you're on because you got the socks and you answer the questions. Right? True. Yes. Nice little picture on me, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Investopedia, they love me. Yeah, wow. Um, even though Alan answers the questions, and so, I take all the credit for it. But, <laughs> where's my socks? I never heard of that. So a company sends you questions, you answer them, and then they send you socks. Well, it was one pair. <laughs> that was my compensation. But I mean, how would they even? How would how would a comp, how would Investopedia think? Hmm, wonder what Joe Anderson would like. Oops. Ah, socks. You should see my socks today, Al. Yeah. See those? Oh yeah. It says That's, I love spam. I love spam. I, from what I've said, it looks like I love spa. You know, you know what spam is. Of right? course, yeah. It's from Minnesota. Well, it's you know I know because it's uh, Hawaii has has adopted it as their primary meat, right? My father would make spam sandwiches. Yeah, I actually because my dad never cooked. My mother would cook, but he could do spam. Oh, and then so just, I knew for you a just fact. Slice it and you if, put it in the sandwich. If, if Ruthie was not there, I'm like, okay, what's for dinner? Spam, Boom, spam, spam sandwich. <laughs> yeah, we would have fried spam. Yeah, boiled the spam. 
I saw eggs on the spam. Last time I was in Hawaii, I saw a book in in one of the shops there. It was it was like fifty recipes for spam. Well, you know, you open up the the, the, the container of spam, yeah. and then you get that. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> that gluish kind of <laughs> goop, lard, or oh, whatever God. grease. I yeah. don't know what it is. Yeah, you put that in the pan, fry that up with the spam. <laughs> it gives it flavor. <laughs> that, yeah, that's extra flavor. Yeah. Okay. All right. Got a so, question for me? I do. <clears throat> okay. So uh, this is from, again, Investopedia. So if you want to go to Investopedia, go to Investopedia.com. Ask any questions there. You might hear it on the air if I get it, um, if they send it to me. Or you can always go to PureFinancial.com to ask any questions. ask a question directly. Can I convert my individual 401k to a simple 401k? Okay. All right. I own a small business. Is it possible to convert my individual 401k to a simple 401k now that I have employees? If so, does the simple 401k plan have to be established before October 1st. Some of the employees I'm hiring are inherited from a merger. Can I give those employees credit for their past years of service with the uh, uh, previous company in order for them to become immediately eligible to participate in the new plan? Wow, that's a mouthful. Okay, <laughs> so let's let's unpack this, as you like to say, Joe. So he So there was some kind of merger with his company. I guess so. Did he, yeah, he was a single right. He, he, was, he had a, he he was he was uh, he, he had a business, but he was the only employee. And or then, she was. Or she, yeah. And then there was a merger to where there's more employees. Right. I, so I a single four hundred one k works like this. It's um, you can set up a solo four hundred one k or a single four hundred one k or i four hundred one k whatever it is. But it's it's just a four hundred one k plan for a sole proprietor. So I can put in. $24,000 into that single 401k plan um, if I'm over 50 or 18,000 versus setting up maybe just a standard IRA where it's 5,500 or 65. Right. A lot of small businesses that are self-employed, they set up a SEP plan, SCP plan. And so with that, then um, then it's based on your contribution limits on a SEP plan is based on profitability versus if I have a small business, I'm not making a lot of money. It's dollar for dollar on the solo 401k. So we like solo 401ks a little bit better because if you're not making a lot of money, you can put a lot more money into it if sure. you wanted to shelter that. Plus, you can do a profit sharing plan. You can kind of combine the plans. Yeah, you can. So. Yeah. So that's that's, that's simple 401k. So I, that's um, I. I it's a simple plan. Yeah, it's what a simple saying. IRA. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah, simple IRA. Yeah, exactly. Because there's no yeah. So at any rate, but well, the, I guess the first the first point I'll make is you do have to set up your simple plan by October first, and the reason for that is you need to give your employees enough time to be able to contribute from their salary because that's how money gets into it is directly from the salary. So it kind of works like a 401k, but they call it a simple IRA. Just because of it's, it's cheaper to establish if you have employees. Yeah, much cheaper. Yeah. Right. And yeah. You don't have to have a third-party administrator Correct. or anything else. Yeah, you don't have any special filing, 5,500, yeah, 5, all, all, all that kind of thing. So so that's, that's number one. Number two, can you roll your solo 401k into a simple IRA? I believe so. I'm not sure why you'd want to. But I'm pretty sure you can. Right, you probably wouldn't want to. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm trying to think why you'd want to. I can't think of an advantage. You probably would either leave it in that that solo 401k, or you might roll it to an IRA because it's with an IRA, it's easier to do Roth conversions and recharacterizations. But I think if it's a solo 401k, it's the same same, and I would absolutely keep it in the single 401k plan because that's just in my name, right? I just yeah. keep it there. And then let's say if I were to pass away, if it's in a 401k plan, 
then the non-spouse or let's say the beneficiary would be able to convert the single 401k plan. If it was in an IRA at death, they wouldn't. So you would get a little bit more flexibility. Well, I, I Because agree. it's a single K. It's just your plan. You can invest it any way you'd like. True. You know, you can pick whatever custodian. It's not like I'm working for, you know, a larger company and I'm stuck with their plan. In a single 401k, I can pick, uh, it's just like an IRA, basically, when it comes to investment choice. I agree with that. The the one difference, though, in my mind is when you you can take money out of that 401k and convert it to a Roth IRA, but if you want to recharacterize it, it has to go back into an IRA. Correct. Not the simple 401k. You got it. So if you want to do a bunch of those kinds of strategies where you're doing Roth conversions and recharacterizations, it'd be better if it was in an IRA. But you're right. I mean, and that's a kind of a weird thing is when you, if you were to pass away with a 401k, your beneficiaries can actually convert that to a Roth, but if you pass away with a regular IRA, they can't convert it. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called uh, Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, my name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner professional. I'm with Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. Uh, go to purefinancial.com if you want more information about our firm. Appreciate you listening today. And it's a challenge. It's almost year-end, Alan. Um, and still... We got to get people motivated to do a financial summit, right? They got to get do. their finances in order because a lot of the tax strategies that we've talked about, you know, over the last nine months probably need to be implemented before the next three months ends. Yes. Right? Well, you're right. And, and I think, Joe, one of the biggest ones that, uh, can sort of get overlooked is um, is Roth conversions. You know, and that's that's just simply where you take money out of your IRA and you convert it to a Roth. And what happens is when you do the conversion, the IRS treats it as if you received the money. So it's counted as income. You've got to pay tax on that income. But the reason why you'd want to do that is once it gets into the Roth IRA, all future growth and in income and even the principal is tax-free forever for you, your spouse, if, your kids, if they inherit it, tax-free forever. So now at, at this point in the year, what you want to be looking at is what's your tax bracket look like for the current year? You know, take a look at your pay stub, or if you're a business owner, take a look and see what that looks like. And you probably want to figure out what it's going to be towards the end of the year. And you maybe you want to convert at least to the top of your tax bracket. In some cases, even a bracket up if you're in a particularly low tax year for one reason or another. Maybe your business is, isn't doing that well this year. But you want to do those conversions. And here's what people don't realize. you got to do a conversion by December 31st. It's not April 15th for a conversion. It's December 31st. And you can convert any dollar amount that you want to. There's no limit on conversions. And you can do it whether you're working or not. You can convert any amount. And then the best news about this is when you do the conversion, next year if you figure you converted too much and you got into the wrong tax bracket, you can recharacterize all or part of it to get right to the right tax, tax bracket. bracket right? So you can <clears throat> do this just perfectly. People get confused with the Roth contribution, which is $5,500 a year. You can do that all the way till April 15th. But there's income limitations there. You have to be working, and if you make too much money, then they don't let you do the contribution. Right. So, again, it's it, it, there's different strategies for different people. Um, and what we try to do is just to kind of spray out a bunch of different ideas for you. Um, and then hopefully you take some of those ideas and then just to see if, they imp you know, if, if they're worth implementing. Uh, because some of the ideas that we share might be worth implementing. The others are, are probably not at all, right? So you want to make sure that you examine what are you trying to accomplish. Joe, I should add for, uh, for our podcasters, we can do this video meetings. We can do phone meetings. 
uh, no matter where you are in the country. We can uh, do this same kind of analysis and second opinion for you as well. So call us at 888-994-6257. All right. Hey, we're going to take a break. And then when we get back, Alan, I'm going to give you a little tease here. A couple questions that we're going to answer. Should I be concerned about the Department of Labor? Where should I invest my inherited money? Why do I need to diversify my 401k? And should I invest in real estate or yeah. index funds? Okay, all good questions. So a couple of different questions on the docket uh, that we're going to answer when we get back. So don't go anywhere. Should be a good time. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. We'll be back in just a second. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson, Big Al. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Go to purefinancial.com if you'd like. Um, going to dive right in here. This is an interesting question here. Title of this email, and this is from Investopedia. Okay. Should I be concerned about the Department of Labor scare? Okay. All right. As an investor in the banking financial sector, should I be worried about the volatility in the markets in the next coming months? So why would they title the email, should I be concerned about the Department of Labor scare? <laughs> well, we should explain. So the Department of Labor has come out with a new standard, of, of a fiduciary standard, if you will, for those that help folks that have retirement plans, right? Um, simple as that, because right now the rule is, is for, um, for most of the industry, I guess, not us, we're fee only already, we're already fiduciaries, but for... What would you say, Joe? 80, Majority. 80, 90%, whatever. I won't throw a number out okay. there. Well, Majority. I, I did. <laughs> 80%, whatever. Something. Hypothetically. The, 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 major yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the majority. You like that? Yeah, majority. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A lot. Majority of the industry is under the old standard, which is suitability, which means as long as the advisor sells you a product that is suitable for your needs, then that's that's the only standard they have to live by. Is it the best one for you? Well, it might be, but it might not, right? Right. That they can basically sell you anything that's not fraud, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, because uh, there's regulation with all products. There's, sure. you know, there's certain things that, all right, and they might not be great products, such as non-traded REITs, such as equity indexed annuities, such as, um, you know, the, the list goes on and on of all sorts of different products that could be suitable for you. But are they the absolute best strategy for you? Right. What are the costs? What are the fees? What are the commissions? Is that disclosed? You know, so. I mean, there's all sort of, so the products themselves, they go through different regulation to make sure that they're, you know, suitable for the public. But as a professional going through someone's overall situation, right, you could pick product A or product B. And if I'm on a suitability standard, I might lean towards a particular product that A, maybe that I'm familiar with, comfortable with, that the company wants me to sell, or maybe that might have the largest commission. Right. And that was, I think, one of the main reasons behind what the Department of Labor did, which, which was many advisors were, were selling products that had higher commissions. And who pays that? Well, essentially you do, because it comes out of your rate of return. And it wasn't disclosed. Right. You know, so right. here, I'm going to put $100,000 into this per particular product, and they think that, all right, well, here, once I get my statement, it will show $100,000, so it must be free. Right. Well, no, the commission on that might have been you know, ten, twelve thousand bucks. Yeah, so the Department of Labor has come up with a new fiduciary rule for everybody that helps people with financial with uh, retirement plans, and it's not enforced yet. 2018. Uh, the, yeah, 2018 is when it comes into being now. You might have 
imagine that that the, uh, some of the industry is against it, right? Because it kind of kind of changes the way that uh, a, a lot of financial advisors would conduct their business. Insurance companies, for example, they're not very excited about this. So if this person is in the banking industry, maybe. He's one of these that is well, selling. He's saying he's products. an investor in the banking financial sector. So it's like, all right, well, here, I'm an investor. I don't know why you would just want to pick the financial sector to I, invest I in. You I probably want to be globally diversified across different sectors and across the globe. But let's say if you're a niche investor in yes. financials, uh, would you be worried? I would say no. Yeah. Well, what would you say? I. I think I I think you should be worried about everything. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Not but if I I would be worried just to, to to have that niche of a right just to say you know I'm solely looking at financials. Yeah. Um, will some companies blow up? Well, I think the bad ones will. Yeah. But I think the I mean it's a good thing. The fiduciary standard's a good thing. I think for all parties. Yeah. Because now it's like all right. Well, here this is what's going on. I'm acting as a fiduciary. This is in your best interest. Here's the disclosures. Here's everything. Right. So there's a lot more transparency. I think people enjoy transparency. I don't think people are saying, well, you know what? I'm against you making a living. I'm against you making a fee or a commission. But I think people are against, well, why did you do this versus this? Oh, because you got paid and you didn't tell me that right. you were going to get paid a lot more. Right. And wait a minute, you didn't disclose all the bad things about this particular product. You just kind of taught it the good things about it. And then I find out after the fact, once I'm in the product, that I can't get out without huge costs. That's where people get upset. Right. I don't. I, I think like I, I have no problem people making a commission or a fee or whatever in any business. Right, but if, if it's if it's sneaky, if it's yeah, if you haven't disclosed, right, it. yeah. So so I, I think I might respond this way that uh, uh, yes, in some cases the financial industry, banking industry, maybe insurance companies, maybe there's a little bit of a hit because they'd have to do things differently. But I think over the long term, this is for the good of people. It's for the good of the industry. And I think over the long term, I don't see any problem with this at all. In fact, I think it's a very very good thing. And and should it, this should have been done a long time ago, actually. Right. And we'll see if it actually goes through. Yeah, because you, you you can imagine the lobbies out there trying to to thwart it, and they've got a lot of politicians that are trying to say, yeah, this is no good, and and which kind of makes me a little bit sick because then you know that, you know, kind of how politics politics works, and the strongest lobby with the most money seems to get their way. But anyway, that's we're not a political show. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like it. All right, what's your next question? And then uh, I don't know. Yeah, so. Anyway, okay, where should I invest uh, my inherited money, Alan? Where okay. should I invest my inherited money? Yes. Okay, let's see what this one's all about. My grandfather died some time ago. He left me a large portion of Starbucks stock, $42,000 okay. in my name. Okay, good. Any gift taxes, etc., have already been paid. Okay. The only taxes I'm responsible for now are dividends. Right. Um, in long-term and short-term capital gains if I sell it. I only have about 5000 saved up for my retirement and about $1,500 for emergencies. Okay. I am lucky to be 100% debt-free. I don't need specific fund recommendations, and I know that I can handle slightly more risk because I'm 29 years old. Okay. I'm looking for advice regarding what a good percentage is to put into mutual funds versus stocks, Growth versus value, bonds with maturities, as well as ETF sectors and REITs. 
Okay. Here's a real quick thing. All right. So the guy's 29 years old. He's got $42,000 in Starbucks stock that he inherited from his grandfather. He's got another $5,000 saved up for retirement. So here's the questions I would ask, and then you can comment. I'll write okay. that. Okay, so I'd say, all right, if you're 29 years old, first of all, do you have employment? Do you have earned income? All right. So if you do have earned income, what I would do right away is then fund a Roth IRA of 5500 bucks. So maybe you sell some of the Starbucks stocks, right, of 5500 Make sure that you fund that Roth IRA if you have earned income. Second thing I would look at is do you have a retirement plan, a 401k through work? He's got 5000 saved up for retirement, but... That could be an IRA. That could be something from a previous job or whatever it is. I would get rid of the Starbucks stocks. I would sell that. I understand that grandfather gave it to you, and Starbucks is a phenomenal company. I don't drink coffee, so I never go there, but I know a lot of people do. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that is the right investment choice for you. I would sell it and be a lot more diversified. Okay. I would fund my 401k plan. How would you do that? Well, you would take your paycheck and fund it and use some of that 42000 and put it in cash reserves to live off of if you're spending more. Um, I would say a couple of funds would just be perfect for them. You know, maybe a, a total stock market fund uh, that's an ETF or an index fund that's low cost that has thousands of different companies in it that you're diversified at a very low cost. I would probably say at 29 years old, 100% equities. It's um, 42,000 is a good start. You look at that if you're 30, let's just say he's 30, right? He's and let's round up to 50,000 bucks. Okay. So by the time he's 60, Al, and let's assume. Um, the is he's getting a seven percent rate of return. Okay, that money will double every ten years. Every ten years. So. so he's thirty. By the time he's forty, it's going to be a hundred. By the time he's fifty, it's going to be two hundred. By the time he's sixty, it's going to be four hundred. Right, and that's without saving another penny. Exactly. So if he just does that, he's got four hundred thousand, almost a half a million dollars by the time he's sixty from grandfather. I mean, I think grand, you know, Grandpa would be fairly proud of him. Yeah, I agree with everything that you said, Joe. Because, the, and I and I love Starbucks. I do go to Starbucks. I think it's a phenomenal company. But it's uh, it's very risky to put all your eggs in in a in a single company basket like that. In this case, forty two thousand out of we'll round it like you say fifty thousand dollars. It's not even quite that much. I mean, we're talking about eighty five percent of the overall assets are in one single company stock, which would that would be uh, would make me very very nervous. You you're really better off diversifying because you never know. Will Starbucks keep going or will Pete's Coffee take over? I mean, you just don't know. There's nobody knows. So I would rather have a an index fund, a low cost index fund that has five hundred to a thousand stocks inside of it, especially with that dollar figure. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. he said he's got a million bucks and he's like, yeah, then you might want to look at maybe an alternative strategy of with course. some of the money. Yeah. But hey, you're, you're 29. Save it. Don't look at it. Pretend you never got it. And, and I also agree with you. I think you could do it in one fund, a total, a total stock market fund. If you want to do a little bit more, you could also do a total international stock market fund. That would be a second one. And if you don't want 100% in stocks, you could have a total bond market fund. You could actually do this with three different investments be very, very well diversified. But the point is, if you're 29 and if you don't need the money till you retirement, you want to invest it almost all, if not 100% in the market. On the other hand, Joe, if the, if the answer is, you know what, I really want to use this to buy a home, okay, then we're going to sell the stock and put it in cash, cash, and it's going to be there when you buy your home, right? So it's so the first question really is, what's the, what's what's the money purpose? for? Yeah, yeah. What, what's what's the purpose of this? Of this? And, and if it's grandfather, it's, I mean, grandfather probably, I mean, they're just guessing, probably would be happy if you did it, put it in towards your retirement, or 
to buy a home. Either one is a great goal. So you just have to figure out what your goal is, and that's going to help you figure out how to invest it. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, we'll be back in just a second. Show's called Your Money or Wealth.